from the heart of our nation's capital. Here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Welcome. Thanks for tuning in and making Washington Watch part of your day. Coming up on this Wednesday edition, the war in Israel entered day five, and more reports have emerged of the horrific acts of brutality perpetrated by Hamas on Israeli civilians. Former U.S. Ambassador to Israel David Friedman will join us from Israel a little later. And the House of Representatives is inching closer toward the selection of a speaker. We have a lot of work to do, uh, not just in the House for the people of this country, but we see how dangerous of a world it is and how things can change so quickly. Uh, we need to make sure we're sending a message to people all throughout the world that the House is open and doing the people's business. That was Majority Leader Steve Scalise this morning before a majority of the Republican caucus voted to make him the House Speaker. However, it's not over. He has to get the support of at least 217 on the House floor. Now, with the reality of global instability resting heavily on House Republicans, will they unite? And if so, when? Oklahoma Congressman Kevin Hearn, chairman of the House Republican Study Committee, joins us a little bit later for that conversation. And there's been a lot of focus on Iran's involvement in Israel. Iran is behind this. And I know the administration is loath to, to peg Iran as responsible, but I think all roads lead to Iran. We certainly don't want to see this escalate, but Iran's already in this. And to say somehow that Iran's not, I think is just a, a lack of common sense. That was Congressman Michael McCall, chairman of the House Foreign Affairs Committee. That came following a classified briefing on the war in Israel earlier today. We're going to talk with New Jersey Congressman Chris Smith, also a member of the Foreign Affairs Committee, in just a moment. And while there's been a lot of attention on the $6 billion released to Iran by the Biden administration, and, and rightfully so, not much has been said about the millions of U.S. dollars that have been given to the Palestinian Authority, much, much of that going into Gaza. We're going to talk about that as well. You know, my father used to tell me to learn from the mistakes of others. And quite frankly, that was good advice. Here's a question. Will we learn from what Israel is experiencing? First, division is a distraction. And we can't allow internal division to distract us from external threats. And secondly, these distractions are deadly. We have to secure our southern border, which is something Tennessee Congressman David Kustoff said today following that same classified briefing on Israel. If the intelligence failed in Israel, our intelligence, where we didn't pick up on this, I've got concerns about our own homeland. So from a long-term perspective, we need to make sure that we get our own house in order to prevent, make sure that we don't suffer an attack on our homeland like Israel did over the past several days. We're going to talk with Georgia Congressman Rich McCormick about the urgency to secure the southern border. Our word for today comes from Acts chapter 23. Now, when there arose a great dissension, the commander, fearing lest Paul might be pulled to pieces by them, commanded the soldiers to go down and take him by force from among them and bring him into the barracks. But the following night, the Lord stood by him and said, Paul, be of good cheer. For as you have testified for me in Jerusalem, so you must also bear witness at Rome. Now, this was a message of encouragement and preparation for Paul, as he would encounter much over the next few years on his journey to Rome. 
Paul had stated back in Acts chapter 19 that he wanted to go to Rome, and he was going, just not in the way he had planned. But now he knew without a doubt the Lord was in it. So from this point forward, we see Paul acting on this word, not resting on it, because faith drives action. To find out more about our journey through the Bible, go to frc.org slash Bible. So as reports of the atrocities committed by Hamas terrorists on Israeli civilians continue to emerge, the Biden administration has drawn criticism for funneling cash to organizations in the Gaza Strip that partner with known terrorist groups. The United States sent $730 million to United Nations Palestinian Refugee Assistance Group that Republicans in Congress say lacks guardrails to prevent it from benefiting Hamas. Now, the question is, what will the State Department do? What will it take for them to reevaluate foreign aid that does not benefit U.S. national interest? Joining me now for a conversation on this and more, Congressman Chris Smith. He is the senior member on the House Committee on Foreign Affairs. He is also the co-chair of the Israel Allies Caucus and the Congressional Pro-Life Caucus. He represents the 4th Congressional District of New Jersey. Congressman Smith, welcome back to Washington Watch. Good to see you. Tony, thank you for having me on, particularly during these very dark times. Now, even before this weekend, because you and I have been talking about this, you've been sounding the alarm to the Biden administration about this money going to the Palestinian Authority and how this is benefiting terrorists. Uh, No doubt. There's a group called UNRWA, the UN Works Relief Agency. Uh, We give them, as you pointed out correctly, well over $700 million. Uh, Their textbooks are rife with anti-Semitism, anti-Americanism. Uh, I've had hearings on it. I've had people read uh, at my hearings um, what they actually say, show the drawings, uh, the militarization of children. Uh, They've had pep rallies like we do for a football game or a basketball game uh, to honor and to fet uh, suicide bombers. It is absolutely outrageous. UNRWA and, of course, Hamas uh, are are just so committed to slaughter, uh, to genocide. They're just like the Nazis. Uh, They believe in a final solution uh, by just eliminating, eviscerating uh, the Jewish people. And um, and they teach it from the very, very uh, earliest days in a child's life. And UNRWA is a part of it. Uh, And I have raised concerns with that for decades. Uh, Like I said, even holding hearings on it and try and they tell us they're cleaning up the textbooks. Uh, They're not. There are teachers deployed there uh, that just teach uh, terrorism. Uh, to these little kids. Right. I've seen it myself. I've gone to Israel with members of Congress and been briefed uh, by a a number of groups on the ground. I've seen the same material you're making reference to. And and just to make very clear that this is not political, just yesterday, a federal judge in Texas allowed discovery to take place in a lawsuit against the Biden administration for funding uh, the Palestinian Authority with money that goes to Hamas. And one of the other programs they have is what's called the the, the, the pay to slay, where actually right. they are giving slay. money to to individuals who commit acts of terrorism, in some cases paying them for life. Yes. Tony, I had a, my 15th congressional hearing in June on anti-Semitism, and the big focus was on what is happening in the Middle East. And we, we heard from a number of witnesses, Nashon Sharansky, the great human rights activist from Israel, was our lead witness. But we heard from uh, Palestinian Media Watch, 
uh, and they reminded us that 100% of all of the terrorists who are apprehended by Israel and sent to prison, they get a salary, a salary from the PLA. Their families are taken care of. And when they are finally, if they serve their jail sentence, uh, they have a job waiting for them uh, with the PLA. Uh, Abbas has shown himself to be very weak. Uh, he just made another statement, that, as you may recall, on October 3rd, uh, just a few days ago, before the invasion, uh, talking about how they want uh, a Palestinian state with Jerusalem as its capital. Uh, you only do that with bayonets and bullets uh, and murdering. But this pay-to-slay idea uh, is, is outrageous. 100% uh, of every one of the terrorists, 100% uh, get a salary uh, while they're in prison. I mean, what other civilized, this is not civilized, what other country or entity, this is an entity, uh, does that? It's, right. it's, it's barbaric. In, in this stop during the Trump administration, there was the Taylor Force yeah. Act where there yes. was a, an American that was killed by terrorists in Israel. And this is something, again, we, we, we've seen it. I've heard it. Um, other members of Congress have been pushing this forward and finally got traction during the Trump administration. And right. this lawsuit in Texas, who one of your colleagues is actually a plaintiff in, uh, Congressman Ronnie Jackson of Texas, is based upon the Biden administration actually violating the law by sending this money to the Palestinian Authority. Without a doubt, there's been a whole series of things that the Biden administration has done to enable terrorists. Uh, you could say it's unwittingly. I think it's perhaps naive, but it might be with malice. Uh, but they certainly have done it. And they've done that especially with Iran. Uh, you know, now they do about 3 million barrels a day. It was 400,000 before. They are getting so much money through that. This whole horrific idea of giving them $6 billion, freeing that up, uh, claiming that it's for humanitarian purposes, money is fungible. It's going to be used uh, for, for terrorism, and they are the world's top terrorist nation, especially in the Middle East, but the world's worst. You know, we need sanctions on this horrible regime. Uh, not enabling, and I, I am just baffled that even their their broadcast mechanism got a buy uh, and an and allowance again reversing a previous uh, position uh, by the Trump administration. But Taylor Taylor Force uh, that was an attempt to say stop it, and we did stop a lot of money. Right. And unfortunately, the European Union European Commission uh, stepped in and doubled down and provided additional monies uh, to their shame. Uh, just to be very clear here, I want our listeners to understand, Congressman sure. Smith, that, you know, we're talking about the Iran, uh, Iran being able to have these assets were, that were frozen, that $6 billion. But we're talking yeah. about here, what you've been driving is the issue of U.S. tax dollars going to fund the Palestinian Authority. Yes. And you've seen the stuff in the textbooks. I've seen it. You know, we talk about the indoctrination of our children here in America through our public schools, and that's bad. But part of, I believe, when, I, when I've seen the video coming out of Israel, I've heard the reports from those on the ground about the atrocities. I'm not surprised, given the indoctrination of how the Jewish people are portrayed in educational material under the Palestinian Authority. Absolutely. You know, there was in the South Pacific, Rogers and Hammerstein's uh, a musical, uh, there was a, a famous song that you've got to be taught to hate. Uh, they are teaching the entire next generation. They're radicalizing, radicalizing them uh, from the very, very smallest of ages, youngest of ages. And surprise, surprise, they become brutal killers, psychotics uh, who go to concerts and, and kill and maim and rape and take hostages. They behead little babies. 
Um, I mean, where do you learn that? You learn that because you've been inculcated in a culture uh, that hates Jews. Uh, it is demonic, in my opinion. Uh, yes. They hate Americans, too, yes. but Jews uh, are it, the highest. It is, it is demonic. Uh, it, we only have about a minute left, uh, Congressman Chris Smith. You also serve as the chairman of the Pro-Life Caucus. You've done so much for the sanctity of human life. I, I just want to ask you about this because it was a um, Carrie Lake who's running for the United States Senate announced last night that she's running. And, and I'm a little troubled by her statement on life because she says this on her website. She says abortion is, as the courts decided, an issue for states to decide, not the federal government. That is so wrong. That's not what the court decided. No, she obviously didn't read the opinion, the Alito and the concurring opinion by Kavanaugh, which made very clear that lawmakers at every level including states and federal, uh, can set regulations, can proscribe it, prohibit it if they want, based on you know the legislative process. We have a, a huge role to play. I believe in protective statutes. I'm a co-sponsor of the bill uh, for Heartbeat uh, to, to protect lives at a very, very young age. Uh, and then there's the other one uh, dealing with uh, pain capable. Uh, so there's, there's, we have a role to play. And if we abscond and, and turn tail, uh, we will see many states like my own where abortion on demand till birth is the right. law of the state of New Jersey given to us by Governor Murphy. And there are many other states like that, Colorado, California, New York. Uh, they're slaughtering kids right till birth. They right. behead them, dismember them, chemically poison them. We, we've got we to take a, a federal. We've got to take a stand. And I know you're leading that effort. And, and clearly the federal government has a role legally and morally to do something. Congressman Chris Smith, we're out of time. Thanks for joining us, my friend. Thank you so much. All right, folks, stick around. We're coming back on the other side of the break to talk about our southern border. We live in a culture that has lost sight of what is true. Many, including Christians, are searching for answers to life's most important questions. Research from George Barna shows just 9% of self-identified Christians demonstrate a biblical worldview by living out what God has revealed in Scripture. With this in mind, Family Research Council's Center for Biblical Worldview has partnered with Summit Ministries to present Now We Live, a free six-episode video series designed to encourage worldview discussions central to the Christian faith. Each episode offers practical instruction led by well-known Christian voices like Tony Perkins, Jeff Myers, Kirk Cameron, Lee Strobel, and others. Now We Live is an excellent discipleship resource for churches, small groups, and families. Equip yourself and other Christians about what it means to have and live a biblical worldview. Access this important series by going to frc.org worldview. Now more than ever, Christians must be aware of the issues that threaten the culture and the church and know how to address them from a biblical perspective. To this end, Family Research Council's David Clausen, along with co-authors Denny Burke and Colin Smothers, released a new book titled Male and Female, He Created Them, a study on gender, sexuality, and marriage. Written to help Christians understand what Scripture teaches about these topics, this book also shares a biblical approach to talking about them. In addition, it provides answers to common questions about things like preferred pronouns, identity, intersex conditions, and more. Questions that Christians must be prepared to answer with love and without compromise. Included in this study, readers will find complimentary videos by Drs. Albert Moeller, Heath Lambert, Christopher Yuan, Rosaria Butterfield, Rev. H.B. Charles, and others that expound upon the themes of each chapter. Order your copy of Male and Female, He Created Them at He Created Them. 
www.ghostofthecoast.org. Are you tired of worn out talking points, misleading media bias, and hopeless commentary? You need a news source you can trust. The Washington Stand Family Research Council's online news platform provides readers with free, reliable news and commentaries, all from a biblical perspective. Based in Washington, D.C., our reporters provide the facts on the biggest stories of the day, ranging from updates on critical Supreme Court cases to coverage on the latest public education stories to the newest developments in domestic and international religious liberty issues. The Washington Stand covers all of this and more. If you want to stay up to date and informed on what's going on in the U.S. and around the world that impacts faith, family, and freedom, then check out The Washington Stand. Just go to WashingtonStand.com. Stay in the know, be encouraged, and stand firm in truth by visiting WashingtonStand.com today. Welcome back to Washington. Watch. I want to encourage you to continue to pray for, for Israel. We're going to be talking to the former U.S. ambassador to Israel, David Friedman, a little bit later. Um, but we need to be praying for them. also need to be praying for the House of Representatives. We're going to be talking uh, with Kevin Hearn just a little bit, uh, Oklahoma congressman, uh, about the speaker's race. Uh, so much to be praying for. These guys have men and women have a lot on their plate. And, and one of those issues is... You know, when we look at this invasion of Israel by Hamas, this terrorist group, it underscores the need to secure our own southern borders. We need to learn from what's happened there, the distractions in Israel over the political division that they've been going through. You know, some are saying it's very clear. We talked about this yesterday. It's a part of this. Now, the Biden administration has failed to secure our southern border, leaving it vulnerable to infiltration by terrorists. According to recent reports, Border Patrol agents have arrested thousands of special interest aliens from numerous countries, including Afghanistan, Syria, Iran, who were attempting to cross the U.S. southern border illegally from 2021 to 23. Now, those numbers do not include, those numbers don't include the 1.5 million gotaways. Those are those didn't even get touched. They eluded capture at the border entering the country. Now, keep in mind, The number of Hamas terrorists that invaded Israel is reported to be about 1,500. Now, not all, obviously, not all the 1.5 million gotaways are terrorists, but let's just say 1%, just 1%. That's 15,000 terrorists in America. What has the Biden administration exposed this country to? Joining me now to discuss this and more, Congressman Rich McCormick. He serves on the House Armed Services Committee and the House Foreign Affairs Committee. He represents the 6th Congressional District of Georgia. Dr. McCormick, welcome back to the program. Good to see you. Good to see you too, sir. Uh, What would you say, based upon what we're seeing coming out of Israel, the distraction, the intelligence failures, the vulnerability that we have on our southern border? You know, my my dad used to actually teach at FLETC, where we train border agents. Uh, It's very concerning to me that we're not taking this border seriously. Uh, The fact that 1.5 million, actually probably 1.7 million now, have crossed the border and eluded capture. Uh, If you're coming here to do us harm, you're probably more intent on avoiding capture than anybody. A lot of people come across the border, turn themselves in and say, let me go for asylum. Not these people, not people who want to do us harm. Uh, Think about the 85,000 children that have been lost that came across the border that we're responsible for. We have no accountability whatsoever. It's it, the, the one thing the government is supposed to do is make sure you have a sovereign nation, that you're protecting people, 
That's your first charge as a government. That's the reason we have a strong central government. Otherwise, why even bother? It just becomes intrusive. Uh, the fact that we haven't protected the people from one of the most uh, dangerous commodities in the world is, is outrageous, especially after what happened in 9-11 and seeing what happened in Israel, what's happened around the world. The fact that we're not protecting our borders is unforgivable, really. Congressman, when we look at what has happened since since this weekend's invasion of Israel by Hamas, and we've seen pro-Palestinian demonstrations in cities across America, is there rising concern among your colleagues that we may have some folks in our midst that truly want to do us harm? <laughs> Either that or just plain ignorant. It always uh, is amazing to me when you see the uh, uh, the, the queers for uh, Palestine, just the, the irony can't be even explained. If you think about uh, what that means, people that literally would kill you, uh, you're supporting. That means you're, you're a bit uh, uneducated. Uh, the fact that we're losing the battle on our education front uh, for these kids that should know better, should know what these, these people stand for, that these people that would behead babies. Think about how egregious that is to your common sense and sensibilities. Um, I'm an ER doc. I've seen children die. It's it's one of the most horrific things you'll ever experience. I expect older people to die. But every single child that ever died on my watch uh, has scarred me. It's it's something you'll never get over. Mm. Uh, and the fact that they're doing this in mass on purpose is something I've never seen. Yeah. Um, it is as evil uh, as you can possibly get. It's something the Bible refers to. I mean, talk about just causing kids to struggle is unforgivable. But to literally go out of your way to do serious disfigurement and harm to rape women, to kill babies and disfigure them. I can't imagine going before God with that on your hands. Well, as Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu described it yesterday, he said these are, maybe the day before yesterday, he said these are like ISIS. And, and truly, when you look at what is coming out of Israel, it is just like ISIS and what they were doing before. Now, we know, Congressman, that the border security was a was a, a big issue in last month's budget negotiations. It became an issue, um, you know, as we're talking about the, the trend to, to move forward with a continuing resolution. What can we expect in the appropriations negotiation once we elect a new speaker? Is this going to be even more of an issue now? I don't think it ever stopped being an issue with us. We've always been united in this front that we understand it's not just a Republican issue. It's a bipartisan issue. It's an American issue. Even the Democrats now, even the sanctuary cities are tired of it. They understand now, once they started suffering their own consequences, they realize this is a bad idea. Even the, the most staunch Democrats now are like, enough is enough. Uh, this shouldn't be a contentious issue. We should get this done. The Senate should come on board. The president should get this done. Uh, it's just like crime. Uh, I think the border, crime, uh, debt and education are things that we as a nation can focus on that have nothing to do with partisanship, have to do with what's good for America. We can get this border done and secured and everybody will be a lot better off. I would think, Congressman, that you're absolutely right. I mean, I know it's a, it's a, it's not just a Republican issue. I think the American people, if if they can connect the dots with what happens when people come across your border that want to do you harm and what we're witnessing coming out of Israel— People just realize, and I'm not, we're not saying that all the people coming into this country are bad people. They should do it legally, and we welcome those to, to use the legal process to come in and be a part of the American experience. But for those who want to come and do us harm, we need to be resolute that we will not tolerate that as Americans. This is a war. 
If you come here to do ill to this country, expect to be dealt with accordingly. Uh, I'm a Marine first, that's the way I think. I, I know I was an ER doc, I know I'm a congressman, but if you want to really get down to my, my common sense approach to people who invade my country, who want to do harm to my family, to my nation, you deserve death. I will, I will end you. Uh, I think our country has to have that kind of attitude towards people who come here, invade your country to do harm to your family. Are you kidding me? Right. This is nothing short of war. I, uh, I'm with you. Semper Fi. Semper Fi. All right, Congressman, good to see you. Thanks for being with us today. Always a pleasure, sir. All right, folks. I mean, we've got so many issues before us, but this is why we need to pray. Be anxious for nothing but by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. He didn't miss any of this, but we need to cry out to it. When we coming up, coming up next, Congressman Kevin Hearn of Oklahoma joins us on the speaker's race. Don't go away. Now more than ever, Christians need to be prepared to articulate the truth of God's word to our culture in an informed and loving manner. That is why Family Research Council's Center for Biblical Worldview exists. By applying the Bible and the historical teachings of the church to a wide range of relevant issues, including voting, religious liberty, abortion, marriage, sexuality, and more, the experts at the center have provided resources to help Christians live by a biblical worldview, to understand why Scripture must be authoritative, and to equip believers to advance and defend the faith in the workplace, in schools, in their communities, and in the public square. Access free resources like the Biblical Worldview series at frc.org worldview. To get highlights of the latest work of the Worldview Fellows, including their latest blogs, op-eds, interviews, and more, sign up for the Center for Biblical Worldview's newsletter at frc.org slash subscriptions. Hi, I'm Joseph Backholm, host of the Outstanding Podcast, inviting you to join me as we discuss the news of the day and the issues that shape us. Christians are commanded to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. With that in mind, the Outstanding Podcast takes you behind the headlines to help you understand what happened and why. If you're looking for something informative and casual that will help you see what God is doing in the world, the Outstanding Podcast is free. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or find it at WashingtonStand.com. It's not just another podcast. It's Outstanding. Scripture is our daily spiritual bread, and just as we eat every day for the nourishment of our body, we ought to spend time with God and His Word for the nourishment of our mind and soul. Reading the Bible daily helps us to better understand and grow closer to the Father. It also prepares and equips us to do good work for God's kingdom. That's why Family Research Council offers the Stand on the Word Bible Reading Plan. Start reading today by visiting frc.org Bible. This is Washington Watch. Good to have you with us on this Wednesday. The website, TonyPerkins.com. All right, still to come, we're going to be joined a little bit later by the uh, former ambassador, U.S. ambassador to Israel, David Friedman, is going to be joining us from Jerusalem a little bit later. The outcome of the closely divided race for the next Speaker of the House became a bit clearer this afternoon when the current House Majority Leader, Steve Scalise, received the endorsement of his top opponent, Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan, Now, that came after the House Republicans gathered this morning and Steve Scalise won a majority vote in that conference. Now, um, there's still much more that has to happen. 
uh, Congressman Scalise or whomever it would be has to receive 217 votes. So the next step will be for uh, the entire House to meet and Congressman Scalise would have to get 217 votes. What's that looking like at this point? Joining us now to uh, to talk about this and more, Congressman Kevin Hearn. He serves on the House Ways and Means Committee and is the chairman of the Republican Study Caucus. He is uh, he represents the first congressional district of Oklahoma. Congressman Hearn, welcome back to the program. Great to have you. Great, great to be with you, Tony. It's been a busy day today, as you can probably imagine. Well, I I know it's been busy. You were uh, considered. Your name was tossed around for. Uh, speaker, and uh, you made an announcement over the weekend that you wanted to see unity in the conference. And so you you, you took your name out of contention and, and said, look, we've got these two good men. We need to get behind them. Did that happen this morning? Well, I think it did. I think it's a pathway to reuniting the party. Uh, you know, I called some 200 members last week, almost 51 hours of straight phone calls on, up until Friday afternoon and then all day Saturday and Sunday. And, and certainly uh, been a part of these conference, uh, conversations as we move forward into the speaker race with uh, Steve and Jim, good friends of mine and yours as well. But, you know, we got to get forward on down the road here, get our, our conference back with leadership. And I think today when you look at what Congressman Scalise did um, in getting the majority of the secret ballot and then moving forward to the floor for the 217 votes, He's doing what he has always done. He's working on bringing those uh, few votes that are remaining that, you know, have some questions about, you know, should they support him or not? And he's working to get those done. And I think he's going to get those sooner rather than later. All of us are rallying around him now, which is what you'd like to see in our new leader so that we can move forward. So walk us uh, through the behind the scenes a little bit about today and what took place as Republicans gathered behind closed doors to talk this through. Was there a sense of the the times in which we live that this is a very significant time? It's much different than what it was last week, given what uh, happened over the weekend in Israel. Yeah, I think what you're seeing certainly last week and leading up this entire year, quite honestly, is very populist movement in the country. And that's uh, certainly spilt over into the, the House representatives, the People's House. And so a lot of individuals, a lot of individual voices wanting to be heard, and they felt like they weren't being heard. So we saw what happened last week. We had a motion to vacate the first time in American history that's ever been used to actually vacate the Speaker of the House. And so then we were, we we're sort of in disarray, quite honestly, about where we go forward. And Patrick McHenry did a great job, a phenomenal job of you know going into the unknown where there's no playbook and moving us over this past week to get to where we are and today. And then listening to all the members in the in the conference, wanting to look at possibly doing a rule change uh, on how we elect our speaker out of the conference and take to the floor, uh, knowing how important it is for the American government to show unity, to show that we're back in business, to get away from the chaos that we've been seeing for some, you know, the past seven or eight days. And then what happened Saturday in Israel is just horrific. Uh, our hearts and prayers go out to all the people in Israel who have lost people who are still looking for their loved ones, uh, and, and certainly the Americans that are there as well. And so now here we are. Uh, we're going to go to the floor, and we're going to get the 217 votes, and we're going to work hard to do it. Are we going to see something similar to what we saw in January, or is this going to move more quickly through the process? I think it's going to move more quickly because I think what you're going to see is we're going to know where the votes are. Uh, it's different set of interest, I believe. 
uh, talking to Steve versus talking to uh, Speaker McCarthy, former Speaker McCarthy, in the first week of of the year uh, about uh, direction, because a lot of those rules are going to stay in place. Uh, single issue appropriation bills, having open amendments. Those are a lot of the dialogue that happened the first week that won't be revisited. Those are going to mm -hmm. be in place. And now it's just a few more uh, cleaning up, if you will, of some of the policies that uh, some of these members like to see. And I know the, the new speaker, uh, the speaker elect is working on those right now. Uh, Congressman, we only have about 30 minutes, uh, about 30 seconds left. Congressman Hearn, your name's being put out there for majority leader. If Steve Scalise is elevated to speaker, I know you took your name out of contention for speaker, but would you consider serving as a majority leader? I would. I, but first, we got to get speaker, uh, you know, fill the speaker seat filled with, with Steve. And that, as soon as that happens, then his seat, the majority leader seat, which is like the chief operating officer of the conference, would come up. And the role is to support the leadership, uh, the speakers, especially in the vision of the conference, going out and doing the heavy lifting of bringing people together, listening, finding solutions, setting the calendar so that we actually get the appropriation bills done on time. It's something I've done, you know, keeping the trains on the track and on time for, you know, literally decades, you know, outside of Washington, D.C. Don't don't see that as something that I haven't been, you know, skilled, the skill set that I've had for some 30 years. And so I look forward to the opportunity, and we're going to make sure we do everything we can to win that seat. Well, I think you do a great job if uh, your colleagues picked you to be the majority leader. Congressman Kevin Hearn, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for the update. Thanks, Tony. All right. Uh, Congressman Kevin Hearn of Oklahoma. Folks, again, continue to pray. The process is not yet over. It could be a couple more days. So continue to pray for uh, the House and the leadership and that God would move on their hearts to bring about unity. Our nation and the world needs it. When we come back, we're going to be joined by the former U.S. ambassador to Israel, David Friedman, from Israel. Don't go away. Reading Scripture consistently and in a meaningful way can sometimes prove to be difficult. Many don't know where to begin or struggle to understand how to apply the passages they read to daily life. Scripture is our daily spiritual bread. And just as we eat every day for the nourishment of our body, we ought to spend time with God and His Word for the nourishment of our mind and soul. Reading the Bible daily helps us to better understand and grow closer to the Father. It also prepares and equips us to do good work for God's kingdom. That's why Family Research Council offers the Stand on the Word Bible Reading Plan. It's a two-year plan that will help you read Scripture daily so you can better know God's truth, walk through our culture from a biblical worldview, and love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Sign up to get the daily passages and questions today by visiting frc.org slash Bible. The persecution of Christians grows globally every year and continues to become more aggressive and dangerous. Family Research Council's Leela Gilbert, Ariel Del Turco, and Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin's book, Heroic Faith, shares the true stories from those who have faced religious persecution and takes a look at the heartbreaking circumstances Christians encounter due to the difficult and sometimes deadly hostility to their faith. Get your copy wherever books are sold or at frc.org slash heroicfaith. We live in a culture that has lost sight of what is true. Many, including Christians, are searching for answers to life's most important questions. 
Research from George Barna shows just 9% of self-identified Christians demonstrate a biblical worldview by living out what God has revealed in Scripture. With this in mind, Family Research Council's Center for Biblical Worldview has partnered with Summit Ministries to present Now We Live, a free six-episode video series designed to encourage worldview discussions central to the Christian faith. Each episode offers practical instruction led by well-known Christian voices like Tony Perkins, Jeff Myers, Kirk Cameron, Lee Strobel, and others. Now We Live is an excellent discipleship resource for churches, small groups, and families. Equip yourself and other Christians about what it means to have and live a biblical worldview. Access this important series by going to frc.org worldview. What does Scripture reveal about the role of men? How can we faithfully and practically live out God's purpose to serve as provider, instructor, battle buddy, defender, and chaplain? To answer these important questions, Family Research Council's Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin and Dr. Keenan Curitan released their book, Strong and Courageous, which counters the culture's labeling of masculinity as toxic and offers a way forward for men. Purchase your copy of Strong and Courageous, a call to biblical manhood at frc.org slash strongandcourageous. Welcome back to Washington Watch. Thanks so much for uh, joining us on this Wednesday. The website, TonyPerkins.com. Resources there for you. Be sure and check it out. Well, as we've been talking about, as the war in Israel has moved into the fifth day, reports continue to emerge from Israel regarding the brutality and the carnage that Hamas perpetrated on Israeli civilians, even, even babies. Now, accurate numbers are difficult to acquire, but it is widely reported that more than 2,000 people have been killed, including at least 22 Americans. There are uh, reportedly believed to be about 150 hostages being held by Hamas in Gaza. Well, today, Israeli leaders agreed to a unity government featuring a wartime cabinet that includes the prime minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, as well as his political rival, Knesset member Benny Gantz. Joining me now with the latest from Israel is Ambassador David Friedman, who served as the U.S. ambassador to Israel during the Trump administration, where he was a part and uh, actually played a key role in the Abraham Accords and in moving the U.S. embassy to Jerusalem. He is the founder of the Friedman Center for Peace Through Strength and the author of the book Sledgehammer, How Breaking with the Past Brought Peace to the Middle East. Ambassador, welcome to Washington Watch. Good to see you. Thanks, Tony. Good Good to be with you. I want to start by springboarding off the title of your book, The Policies of the Past and the Push by the International Community, often facilitated by the United States, for Israel to appease their enemies by giving up land. That hasn't worked so well. Will there be a break from the past as we deal with this current crisis? Well, I sure hope so. You know, every time Israel has left territory, that vacuum has been filled by terrorists. Uh, Whether in Lebanon, the vacuum was filled by by Hezbollah. When they left Sinai, the vacuum was filled by ISIS. When they left Gaza, as you know, the vacuum was filled by Hamas. Giving up land uh, and hoping for peace is a failed strategy, and it will will continue to fail. I, I, I wish... We didn't have to learn this lesson in such a painful way as we've learned over the past over the past few days. I mean, as you point out, the brutality is is, is un, unthinkable, undescribable. Uh, I don't think I ever expected that. I, I didn't think any human being was capable of such brutality. I, I won't 
you know, everyone can look on it online. I mean, but but it's it, babies and 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 enforcing children to watch their parents being slaughtered, enforcing forcing parents to watch their children, you know, being slaughtered. It's it's um, taking Holocaust survivors, you know, 80, 90 year old women who never would have thought that they'd ever live to see this type of behavior again. They're, they're now being held hostage, you know, in, in Gaza. By the way, more than 10 percent of the hostages are American. Uh, in addition to the 22 Americans that have been killed, uh, there's at least 17 American hostages. Um, you know, one of my daughter's close friends, uh, my daughter went to school here for several years. My youngest daughter, one of her friends, they just found uh, his body uh, yesterday. I had to speak to his uh, his mother. Uh, I, I don't think I've ever uh, experienced more pain uh, in a human being than to lose a child like that. So, um, you know, that that's 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 what's going on here. The, the, the flip side of it is, if there is any kind of a silver lining, it's that the people of Israel are united, I think, as never before. Yeah. Uh, Israelis of all stripes and, and views and philosophies are, are, are coming home to their basic values. They're joining together. Um, people are flying in. Israelis on vacation all over the world are flying back, rushing back to, to join the reserves, to, to join the army. Um, uh, those who are not in the army are doing everything they can to help help the troops. The philanthropy that's coming in from all over the diaspora is extraordinary. So, um, you know, this is uh, this is a terrible price to pay for that unity. But but Israel is united. And when it's united uh, in this way and when the world is united around Israel, not just the Jewish world, but the Christian world, when your viewers are united around Israel, it, it gives us all um, a certainty that with God's help, Israel is going to prevail. Ambassador, yesterday I had a we had a, a mutual friend on. Dr. Ari Sasher was on the program, and we were talking about that very thing: how this has united Israel that has been fractured. I mean, there's been a lot of political controversy. I mean, much like what we're experiencing here in the United States, and this has brought them together. In fact, he said that uh, the the response to the call up to the reserves has been 150 percent more people showing up right. than what they even called. Yeah, they're they're you know they're short on all kinds of supplies um, because they didn't expect this overwhelming response. You know, we heard uh, a month ago from some people in the military who didn't like the politics where the politics was going. They said, "Well, we're not going to serve under this government." Well, that's all out the window. I mean, everybody is serving. People are rushing to serve. The the patriotism here and and the determination, the determination, you know, to not. And, and I think I'm not overstating the case when I say. This is a never again moment. You know, we use the phrase never again mm -hmm. very freely uh, mm -hmm. to make sure that there'll never be another Holocaust. But what happened on October 7th, this past Saturday, was a day of a Holocaust. I mean, it's not the same in scope as the Holocaust, because in the Holocaust, that happened every single day. But that was a day that could literally be pulled out of those ugly years. And it was entirely reminiscent of the cruelty and the barbarity of the Holocaust. And now, you know, we're, we're going to prove you know, that never again, hopefully we're going to prove, never again is not an empty slogan. Never again really means something. And and it's going to show that, you know, uh, the difference between the Holocaust and today is that now there's a state of Israel. Now there is a as a state that is committed to defending the Jewish people. And, and they're going to prevail. And, and they have to prevail because uh, this, is, this is just the tip of the spear. I mean, these barbarians are, are out for every American. They're out for everyone who values freedom and, and, and democracy. Uh, and who and who is of a different faith than theirs? So, you know, th 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 there's there's no there's no 
defeat failure is just not an option here, and, 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 it, and there won't be any failure. Ambassador, I, I want to help put this in context for our, our viewers and listeners because, you know, the Middle East, Israel has always kind of been at the center of uh, animosity. And, and, and we're hearing, uh, we're always hearing about something happening over there. And I mean, I was there in the summer of 2014 when there was the attacks, uh, rocket attacks. But this is different. This is a level of uh, atrocity and brutality that, you know, I, I can only describe based on what I've seen. I've got some video from sources there, plus what's out there available on the Internet. This is, this is good versus evil. This is demonic in what we're seeing perpetrated yeah. on civilians. It's, it's absolutely demonic. I mean, look, taking a pregnant woman, uh, slaughtering her, ripping open her, her belly, and, and then, you know, throwing around the fetus. I mean, it, it's, 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 I don't think the English language has, has, has words to describe this because it's never happened. You know, I, I just don't know what, to, what to make of it. I mean, I'm, you know, I, I've seen people crying and my response to them is, you know, if you're obviously, if you're, if you're part of the family, cry, cry. But, you know, for the rest of us, let's not cry. I mean, this is not the time to cry. This is the time to, to be resolved and to be strong and to make sure this never happens again. You know, and, and I'm, uh, I, you, know, you know, Tony, one thing which I think, you know, people need to know because it's really important. You know, there, there are some crazy people out there that, that claim that, um, you know, this is, a, this is a natural outgrowth of the Israel's oppression of the people of Gaza. Let me just tell you about the Gaza Strip for those who don't know. The Gaza Strip has um, one of the longest stretches of beachfront of any of any nation in the Mediterranean. It's got exactly the same beach as you'll see in Tel Aviv, which has one of the most beautiful beaches in the world. Um, Gaza has mansions where you know a lot of the corrupt leaders, you know, where they live. Now, you know, why is you know why is Gaza a place that either you or I would want to live? Because of Hamas, not because of Israel. I mean, Israel, would, there's not a single Jew living in Gaza. There's not a single Israeli soldier stationed in Gaza. There is nothing Israel wants from Gaza other than to have a quiet border. But instead, you know, Hamas has taken over the Gaza Strip in an election. You know, people right. chose Hamas, and Hamas wants to kill Jews. And because Hamas wants to kill Jews and destroy the state of Israel, Israel's not letting the people of Gaza travel freely you know, in, into their territory or travel or, or, or to, you know, import massive weapons from the Mediterranean Sea. But it's all because of Hamas. If tomorrow, you know, Gaza was to be liberated from Hamas and they said, you know what, enough of this craziness. We're going to go build hotels along the Mediterranean. We're going to restore some of the incredible farmland that grew some of the best fruits and vegetables that I remember when I was a kid, you know, when Israel was in, in control of Gaza. They said that tomorrow, Israel wouldn't, wouldn't, you know, wouldn't impose anything on them. There would, there, there would be no, you know, there would be nothing to complain about. So, you know, if there's going to be any blame cast on the people of Gaza and the quality of their lives, that blame is 100% to be directed at Hamas, nobody else, not Israel. And so, you know, I, I, not only is, is it absurd to ever make an excuse for somebody who kills a baby, but the facts that are being used to justify that are, are all wrong. I mean, it's all wrong. Gaza is not a place that Israel's oppressing. It's a place that Hamas is oppressing. They made that themselves. Uh, as you said, they were <clears throat> elected to leadership, and, and, and they, they yes. have done this. Uh, the, the Israelis turned that over to them back in 2005. So right. yep. let me ask you this, uh, Ambassador. <clears throat> when, you, when you listen to what the prime minister is saying, I mean, obviously there's a preparation for uh, a ground 
operations in Gaza. It's one of the most densely populated areas in on the planet. I mean, there's there's a lot of people there. That's going to be a protracted, long drawn out um, initiative. What does America in the international community need to do? You've made the comment that Israel needs to be unhandcuffed. We, we they cannot be. They cannot have the same rules of engagement that the world has placed on them before to take care of this problem. Yeah. Look, in the past, Israel has, you know, with the world's insistence, managed a conflict, which means that every few years, Hamas will shoot some rockets. Israel will will, will retaliate. They'll degrade Hamas's capabilities, but then they'll be built back. And by the way, I should point out that they're being built back with with an, an enormous amount of money from Iran, which has gotten way, way, way richer over the last three years. If you compare how much oil they've sold in 2022 to uh, to what they sold in uh, 2020, it's about it's about eight times the amount. So, um, uh, you know, that's that's a that that's that's a huge issue that we have to solve and return to the old days of massive sanctions. Um, so, but but right now, it's not about managing a conflict. Right now, it's about winning a war. They have to be able to win a war. Israel, you know, is just has not been given permission from the world, including from the United States, to win a war, and that's why this thing keeps popping up over and over and over again. And uh, and and the Israelis are suffering, and the Palestinians are suffering, and the only ones who are who are, who are making any money and, and and prospering is Hamas and and Iran and and, and their cohorts. Right. So yeah, this but, time is different. Unfortunately, that's been America's approach for the most part since the uh, Korean War is is containment um, until the Trump administration where he decided to actually win uh, these military engagements. So it is going to be a break. But this is where I think we have to stand with the Israeli people. People, we need to allow them to take care of business to make sure their country is safe, their people are, are safe. Speaking of that, what do you anticipate or what are you hearing? We've heard today of some incursions from the north. Is there great concern that we may see something coming from uh, Hezbollah in the north? Yeah, there, there's great concern. There was there was reports today of uh, of uh, drone incursions, of uh, light aircraft incursions. Of um, It turned out to be, thank God, a false alarm. So uh, uh, we'll, 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 we'll wait another day to see what happens from the north. But it's a tinderbox up there. Um, I think the United States, look, I, I've been very critical of the uh, Biden administration for how we got to this place. I think they made a lot of mistakes funding the PA, funding uh, UNRWA, funding uh, Iran. I mean, they, they've made a lot of mistakes, and we're here today very much because of those mistakes. But what they've done over the last couple of days, um, I, I would commend uh, bringing the Gerald Ford into the region. Uh, the largest uh, aircraft carrier in the world, bringing a second aircraft carrier now, I understand, being brought in, sending a very clear message to Iran and its proxies, do not escalate beyond this point. Um, I'm not sure that Iran or Hezbollah care much anymore about what the administration says. I don't know if we really are achieving the deterrence because uh, this has not been a strong administration, but it's good. This is good. This is a good message to send, and I hope it resonates, and I hope that the United States backs up their threats with actions and shows that they mean business when it comes to Iran or Hezbollah entering the war. Um, so that's that's where we are. Hezbollah in, is right on the border. There's a, it's a tinderbox. It could explode at any moment. Uh, right now, it has not yet exploded. Ambassador, you just have a couple minutes left. And how can 
believers here in the United States, Christians, evangelicals who support Israel, how can we be praying and what can we do? Look, uh, we have to pray. Um, I think that um, I think that uh, as much as we need uh, weapons and artillery and brave soldiers, we need God's help and we have to pray. And uh, and I pray every day and I read the Psalms and I think the Psalms are uh, great lessons you know, for this, for how we should deal with this conflict. You know, uh, King David said that uh, he has a, in, in Psalm 29, he, he concludes with the words, uh, may the Lord give strength unto his people, may the Lord bless his nation with peace. And I always found that amusing or interesting, because if you have peace, why do you have to be strong? Why do, why are we asking for the, the God to make us strong, and then asking us for have, have peace? If we have peace, we don't need strength. God's telling us we do. God is telling us that the only way we can achieve peace, or I should say King David, who wrote this all, is telling us that the only way we can achieve peace is by being strong. So what, what we can do in America, obviously, you know, there's, there's lots of philanthropic avenues to help the state of Israel. They, they, they need everything. Uh, but the most important thing is to make sure that the elected officials of the United States, the Congress, I mean, uh, the Congress, the, the president, I mean, nobody can do more for Israel right now than America. Uh, nobody. No one has the resources, the assets. We have to push this as a major priority of the United States. There's a lot of isolationists out there. There's a lot of people who are tired of Ukraine. You know, they think Israel right. should be, you know, they, they're looking right. at Israel saying, why another front? This is different. Yes, this is, is about avoiding another Holocaust. Uh, Ambassador, we're out of time. I want to thank you for being generous. Uh, it's late in the evening over there in Israel. I want to thank you for joining us and know that we are praying for you. I appreciate it very much. Keep praying. And thank you very much, Tony. Folks, keep praying and keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234.